0: lots and lots of talk about veils this morning in the text not usually something that comes up a lot in scripture and certainly when i think about different sort of images that come to mind when we start talking about the scripture veils are not the one but all of us have some experience with veils right i'm curious when you think of a veil what is the very first thing any of you think of don't be shy What's one that you think of? Wedding. Wedding. A welding helmet. We probably won't go that direction with the sermon today, but um, that's another good one. Um, Wedding. Any other kind of veils? Yes, so sometimes putting uh, a veil on. Um, You know, uh, in the Jewish tradition, when when folks go to pray... um, at the wall of Jerusalem, they will also veil themselves. So veils have a long-standing tradition. And I thought a lot about the wedding veil uh, this week as I was thinking about the sermon. And what's interesting is that the concept of the veil has been around a long, long time. This is not something that um, you know has just happened within the last couple hundred years. People were wearing veils in, in that way, um, in terms of matrimony, since the Roman period. I mean, right around... In fact, this time that we're talking about here in the scripture and in the New Testament. Now, there's a couple reasons for veils that I want to talk about. One is, if you read sort of the history of the wedding veil, part of it was to, and it was maybe wrapped a little bit. It's really amazing when you start doing research for a survey, you're like, I would never thought I'd know all the details about a wedding veil. But now I know, um, wedding veils used to cover the whole body and only more recently has it come up to maybe the shoulders or um, now kind of pushed off the face, but the intent of it was to, in some ways, the Romans felt it was to ward off evil spirits before being married. Oftentimes, afterwards, wearing a veil was meant to show that an individual was chaste and prepared for marriage. Um, Over and over again, these seem to be kind of, in some sort of way, trying to set off something special, Right? You were prepared for marriage. That if you were ensconced in this piece of cloth or, or what have you, that you were protected from the spirits that might jump on you during the wedding day. It's interesting how in most of what we do when we think about veils, it seems to land in two areas. One is that we are trying to protect something to make sure that it is made safe like the spirits not getting into uh, the bride, or to make sure that what was inside was was, uh, set aside. We would be able to demonstrate that, hey, this person is very special. This person is prepared for marriage, so let's ensconce that individual. And so in the text today, I think we have to explore what that means, the outside and the inside, and what... The gospel seems to tell us as the alternative. It seems so easy to want to put a veil over the things that matter the most, the things that brighten our lives, brighten our hearts, help us to shine brightly. If we see that thing that helps us shine as bright as we can, what we should do is protect it. We should put something over it. We'll put the veil over it. Now, I personally don't have any experience of what it's like to walk with a veil on, I did not wear one at my wedding day, but for those of you who may have, my presumption is it's a little harder to see than if the veil, once the veil is off. Is that correct? Is it a little? I mean, there's something in front of your face. (coughs) So that thing that we're trying to protect, the thing that we're trying to care for, Ends up not being able to be seen as well. And certainly, if we are protecting ourselves over some veil, we also are not able to see as well. And I'm reminded of that song we used to sing when we were little about this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bush and let it shine. It seems to me that there is some sort of discrepancy here if we start thinking about what should be veiled and what shouldn't. And certainly in Second in Corinthians and in the gospel, we begin to see that, hey, maybe those things that are particularly special, those things that help us understand who we are, those things that can help us shine our brightest, perhaps should not be the things that we veil over. And I know this Second Corinthians text, like lots of Paul's texts, can sometimes be misconstrued in present day in 2019 as what might be termed as anti-Semitic. To be able to say, well, this has something to do with the, with the Jewish people somehow not knowing enough and being sort of discounted and pushed off to the side. And while that might have been, there might have been a case to be made as the people who were following Christ were trying to work themselves away from the Jewish tradition that they were in, in 2019 it seems like that's a way too easy excuse to be able to say, well, this is not significant. We obviously know Jesus. But I wonder at times how often is it that we find ways to veil ourselves, to protect what's on the outside so that other people can't see it as well, or to designate that something is so special that we can't see it or access it on a regular basis. And in particular, I was really mindful this week as I watched the balance of the General Conference of the United Methodist Church. I don't know if any of you had had a chance to watch any of that. And regardless of how you feel about the particular issues that they were tackling, what was so heartbreaking is watching a group of people who were surrounded around the same thing that they seemed to love that caused them to shine bright were finding ways to toss veils over one another. To watch people of the same tradition, of the same faith, tear each other apart over one particular social issue was heartbreaking. And it's now they continue to walk forward with a particular plan. You begin to already hear about groups that are deciding, churches that are deciding we are not going to be a part of this anymore and walking away. And I fear it's not just walking away from the United Methodist Church, but walking away from God altogether. Because in that moment, the thing that was beautiful, the thing that was illumined, people found a way to put a veil over. And it might not just be a social issue that we have a difficult time trying to find unity about. I mean, for goodness sake, pick anything. Our political points of view. How often we view we should have communion. Who should be baptized? How should we be baptized? Should we have service at 10.30? Should we have service at 11? So many of the things that we carry can at one point help us illumine the gifts that are given in front of us, but at the same point can toss veils over Jesus Christ, who illumines our hearts and illumines our lives. And if transfiguration gives us any hope is that this Jesus Christ shining with the light of God is amongst us, is nearby us. We don't have to cover up Jesus Christ and protect Jesus in some sort of protective covering. We don't have to set up tents to make sure that we're going to be able to access Jesus. That we have to play some sort of spiritual bouncer to a group of people because we can't be sure if they're safe enough or or protected enough. In this interim period between the work that we had done last month and as we head to Lent might be a good time to stop and think about the veils that we either cover over our own eyes or we want to cover over Jesus Christ. Because in the end, friends, nobody receives the benefit of that veil. We see less clearly as we veil ourselves. And we obscure the brightness of Jesus as we lay those veils over the gifts that we've been given. And so what is the veil that you wear today? Is it social? Is it political? Is it theological? Where are the places that obscure the vision of a Jesus who is bright and alive? Because it is so easy to wander in darkness, to think that that's all there is we have the gift of light. And so let's not hide that light under a bush or under a veil or under a basket or let's do what we can to let it shine. Because in a world that wants to bend towards darkness, what better gift is the gift of a bright beacon that we can call home. Thanks be to God.